a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I don't know that I necessarily want the people to remember my sermon for uh, a week as much as I want them to uh, receive that Word of God right there. If this is a, uh, a download of information, it's important that you retain that information. Yeah. But if this is being addressed by a, a burning bush, I know that a burning bush talked to me. <laughs> and I said to the guy, uh, look, at when the Bible talks about vision, it's, it's talking about the death of Jesus. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's talking about the gospel. It's talking about confessing the creed. And his answer to me was, yeah, uh, I'm not using vision in the biblical sense, but rather in the business sense. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, by the way, had no knowledge of that encounter when I posed the hypothetical. <laughs> well, how big of a Michelinist is your district president? Yeah, that's right. Hey, take it easy. Uh, hey, don't go around comparing districts. That's like uh, the kids in the playground saying, my dad can beat out, up your dad. My, that's how it is My with us. district president can out-missionify out. your district president. I'm afraid that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, we have uh, this handy-dandy, completely objective standard for <laughs> discerning this. It is called How Big of a Michelinist Are You? And uh, this came from <laughs> Roy D. Mercer, right? Roy D. How big a boy are you? I want to be all over you. This is my favorite Roy D. Mercer line, who's not good for children listening, by the way. He says, but this line is fun. He says, I'm going to be all over you like a rat on a Cheeto. <laughs> that's so, so great. So this, this was the, I, I think that's illegal now. But anyway, this does he still do this? The prank calling? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I, know. I was he, telling the vicar about it. We were listening to a Raw D. Mercer YouTube video. That's part of that's part of a summer vicar experience. Is my my mostly, Mercer, how I take care of vicars is sh- showing them comedy sketches on the YouTube. That's that's why the seminary sends vicars to Hope Lutheran. Oh, Church. yeah. Like, we need to get yeah. a sense of humor in this guy. Yep. Um, that's right. But anyway, so uh, he would say, uh, just how big a boy are you, before he was going to figure out if he was going to go down there and open up a can on this guy. So and it's always the, the guys are always like six foot seven. 150 or 350 pounds. Yeah, how, just how big of a boy are you? <laughs> so, big enough. That's the answer. Big enough. So, <laughs> so we took that uh, sanctified show and uh, started playing <laughs> How Big of a Missionalist Are You? And there are certain criteria for this game, and we're going to be going through it in for the um, district president's presentation for the Northwest District Convention. Um, so uh, that of the is... Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Remember how we try to avoid inside baseball? This is not one of those shows. <laughs> no. But I think the application will be universal. True. Okay, so um, before that, quickly, buzzwords. I got one for you, and it is efficacious. My buzzword is efficacious. And efficacious means effective, basically. It's the fancy word that we use to describe how the Scriptures... Um, don't just teach, but they in fact create faith in us. Um, so, mm. so the scriptures are efficacious, and that is a attribute of the scriptures that has been mostly lost in the American church today. Uh, so people talk about God's word being inspired, infallible, uh, inerrant, etc., etc. But the efficacy of the scripture is mostly lost. So efficacious. Okay, my theological buzzword for you is missionalism. Oh wait, nope. Turns out that's not a real word. 
Um, okay, so I'll do Office of the Holy Ministry instead. Um, and the Office of the Holy Ministry is the office that was instituted by Christ our Lord himself for the forgiving and retaining of sins, so that the Lord would uh, authorize the apostles in the upper room if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now that is what we call authority. Um, and that is to say authority is uh, acting on the behalf of another. So that um, when a pastor pronounces your sins forgiven in the words of absolution, he is doing so with the authority of Christ uh, in his stead. Good enough? All right, I got it. All Office right. of Holy Ministry. I know. I wonder if that will come up. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, give us give us the rundown of the criteria for how to mission Astaria. People can find this on our website, which is according to the banner at the top of the website, tabletalkradio.org. Um, it is, this is 12 criteria, 12 Christian, wait, 12 questions uh, to ask of a thing, missionalist, to determine how missionarific they are. And, the, and you, so you listen for these 12 things, and then you add them up. So the 12 things are... One, sola missio. Everything in Scripture is ignored except the words about mission. Two, you despi- there's a lot of despising about to happen here. You despise vocation. Three, you despise the sacraments. Four, you despise doctrine, the pure kind. And this is explicit, like, oh, people are worried about getting the doctrine right, but we, this is, of course the doctrine's right or whatever. We need to worry about the mission. Five, you despise Christian maturity. Six, you despise the ministry. Seven, you despise church rights. Eight, you use trendy buzzwords. Nine, you consider the church as a training facility mm. to equip, but not to give, send, not forgive. See, so th- that's a key shift that happens in the missionalist mind. Ten, the church is organic. So you start to see organic imagery and metaphors used to describe the church. The church is a body. What kind of body? Not a crucified and risen body, but rather a growing, multiplying body. Uh, Eleven, the church is a movement, not an institution. There's a lot to say there, which we won't say. And twelve, you've got to cost other people a lot of money. Now, if you meet two of the four of these criteria, you are missional. Wait, wait, wait. Two of or the two twelve. to four. Two to four oh, okay. of the twelve. If you have five to seven of these criteria, then you are missionarific. And if you have eight plus, you are hypermissionified. Well, that's my goal, hypermissionified. Hypermissionified is what we're shooting for here. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go to that Northwest District Convention on President Littman. President Littman, take it away. Wow, Since you're live in studio? This convention elected me to be the district president. Six years is actually a pretty long time for me. Um, I think about all the things that have happened in our lives in the last six years. Cindy and I have traveled, I'm guessing, about 300,000 miles in six years. Half of those in the car and half of them in the air. That doesn't um, count we in visited... the air. By the way, you, can you pause it there? We should explain what a district president is. So the Missouri Synod is, um, uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is a, is a fellowship of congregations uh, bound together by common confession, we hope, uh, around the Lutheran doctrine, and founded, oh, I don't know, 150 years ago or so, and uh, and this synod is divided up into 30-some-odd different districts or regions, and so, like, I'm in the Rocky Mountain District, and that's Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, 
El Paso, a couple churches in Nebraska, one church in Arizona. Um, really? And that's our, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's huge. Is so that's the Rocky Mountain District. There, and No, wait, wait, wait. Is the rest of Arizona in another district? Yeah. That is odd. Anyway, go on. Mm. It's how these geographic things work. Geography is always odd. And uh, 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 so we have, a, oh, yeah, we have a convention every three years of the district, and we elect a district president. So that's a pastor to help all the other pastors stay out of trouble, basically. And you're in the Pacific Northwest District, which consists of, what, uh, Washington, Oregon, uh, Alaska Somewhere. and Idaho and Hong Kong, apparently. <laughs> I, I imagine that's where most of the miles come in. Yeah. I mean, you get like halfway to 300,000 just by flying to Hong Kong once. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> anyway. Okay. And so we have we have presidents, and these are just simply pastors that are elected by the other pastors and lay people who are delegates at the convention to kind of oversee the work. And they're normally elected for a three-year term. Some have term limits, etc. So for those of you not familiar with the governance of the church, that's what's going on. So now what we're listening to is President Lineman, who was reelected as the district president of the Pacific Northwest District, and his address to the, uh, to the churches gathered in convention. Invigorating radio this is. Yeah, oh yeah. Let me tell you about polity. Um, well, so you know, it's good to have the context. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. All right. Do so you want to continue? Yeah, I do. That's what Many I was wanting to do most of all. We're the ones who show up on a Sunday morning and aren't quite sure exactly where we're supposed to go. <laughs> and we're not sure exactly what's going to happen when we're there. No, no, no. Sometimes. no, no, no. <laughs> Did you, this reminds me. That reminds me of a story. She says, we, we show up to your church on Sunday morning. We don't know where to go. And in fact, we don't have any idea what you're doing. <laughs> that, is a sad, that is a sad judgment on the state of affairs of the church. I was having a debate, a friendly debate, uh, with a guy here uh, about uh, contemporary worship versus, versus uh, did I tell you this story? Versus the liturgy? I think so. And uh, we we gave our arguments at the at the uh, workers' conference. You know, all the pastors are gathered there in a the room, so we can argue with each other. And uh, and then the guys were asking us questions, and and one of the guys who was who would have been against me for contemporary worship stood up to criticize me, and he said, and he said, Brian, you mentioned that you've never been to the service over there at this other guy that you're debating with, so you don't actually know what goes on over there. And I said, you're right, I haven't been there. But what I should have said is, you're right, nobody knows what he's doing because he's broken from the tradition of the church. Yeah. And so I want to take your advice, and so for everyone who has left the liturgy, and therefore nobody has any idea what they're doing, that they ought to be regularly visited at least once a month by someone supervising them. <laughs> because the point is that nobody has to visit Hope to know what we're doing, because they know what we're doing. We're doing what the church has done for 2,000 years. We're, we're singing the liturgy is what we're doing. But, this, but when someone breaks off, it's like, well, you don't know what's happening over there. And you say, yeah, that's a problem if I don't know what's going to happen in your church on Sunday morning. So, so they would need a supervisor, but you'd be supervised by the church of two millennia. That <laughs> that's about? right. Okay. That's right. All right. We'll be right back. More on this. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Club Rogue River, coming at you. <laughs> oh. It's a movement. You're listening 
to Table Talk Radio. Oh, man. Please tell me you won't do that at the wedding. I'll be. <laughs> Are this, should I be writing down the bumps for songs you you're, want to play? You're gonna be like wearing uh, like one glove on, and like you're supposed to be the DJ, not the. Yeah, that's right. Oh I goodness. just I just gotta get the CD of Michael or the tape of Michael Jackson's best hits from the '80s. <laughs> That'll take care of it, man. Press okay. play, dance it up. Sure what and then whatever the bump coming out of the last segment, like Tone Loke or whoever that was. What in the world was that? Anyway. <laughs> we uh, we are playing how big of Michelinist are you here on Table Talk Radio, and uh, we are listening to the present district president's report at the Northwest District Convention. We continue. You've asked me to preach, which I'm very pleased and excited to be able to do. But what I'm really excited about is the opportunity to be with you. That's a real challenge in a district like we have. It's, it's just very difficult for us to have a lot of face time when we're so spread out and there are just a lot of congregations that are a part of the picture. But we're, we're doing our best. We're, we're really trying to, to get around and support you and be encouraging to you to celebrate the anniversaries, to install the workers, to help you in just celebrating the ministry that God has laid before you. But I have a question for you That's tonight That's all nice, that I want you to really think about. But I want you to pay attention to the f- your first thought about this. What's okay. the first image that comes into your mind? So, That's what I want you well, to don't know. Think, just this is like a Rorschach test. The question that I want to ask you is, what's your picture of an ideal church? <laughs> I got it. Oh, man. I see. I got two images. What is? Oh, do you want to... You you want to tell us yours? Well, the, the, no, the, this is, I mean, so first of all, I got a problem with this question, but the, maybe let me make that second of all. First of all, let me tell you the answer, my image. The first thing I thought of was Hope Lutheran Church, and then the second thing I thought of was the altar piece at St. Mary's Church in Wittenberg that has Luther handing out the Lord's Supper. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I was kind of thinking um, the... Uh where the uh, lamb who has been slain is there, and uh, people in the are... book of Revelation. You thought of the image of Revelation? Heck yeah! That is really pious. <laughs> that is super. All right, pious. So why do you have an issue? Never with mind. That never mind. Uh, you know what? The first thing I thought of is also Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing my answer. <laughs> you can't. Did you listen to the instructions? The first thing that came to your mind. <laughs> No, you're, you're, the first thing that came to your mind is better. I want that one. I thought you were going to take issue with the question. <clears throat> I do. I take issue with the question because, well, not with the, with the implication of the question, because one of the problems that we, one of the questions that we ask in the church today is, what is the problem with the church? What's the biggest problem in the church? Now, I myself am guilty of this because I remember when I was kicking around the seminary, uh, so many scores of years ago, that I would every time some sort of official would come around, I would ask them that question: What's the biggest problem in the church? 
And I would, I would use that as a diagnostic. Uh, and you know what the two general answers were? Yeah. Uh, we're not missional enough, or we're not confessional enough. You told you told me a guy told you one time that the biggest problem is that pastors don't have a sense of humor. That is uh, true. That was the district president of Texas, now deceased, <laughs> who said when I was going on to Vicarage, he said the biggest problem is pastors without a sense of humor. And I said, "Tell me about it." <laughs> I think he changed think, your life ever since. <laughs> that's right. I mean, you should have seen me before that. I was a stiff. <laughs> But then I started watching Roy D. Mercer videos, <laughs> studying Jim Gaffigan. Started Table Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a thing about, uh, there, there is something, there is some wisdom in that. The, the pastors don't have a, a sense of humor enough, which is to say there's two things. One of the things that, the tricky thing about the office of pastor is you have to, you have to extol the office and despise yourself. And uh, it's easy to fall off of that path one way or the other. That is, you extol yourself or you despise the office. Um, right. And that is so, so to have a, a bit of a, a lighthearted view of yourself is important, I think. But, but, but I, I have since repented of that question, what's wrong with the church? Because that would be like you coming up to me and saying, hey, uh, what's the thing you hey, Brian, what's wrong wife? with you? Yeah, that's right. What's wrong with your wife? <laughs> it's just the wrong question to ask. You know, what's wrong with your children? I mean, when we, if the church is the bride of Christ and we say, hey, uh, hey, Jesus, uh, I really like you, but your wife stinks. So, <laughs> so, 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 um, this, this is the implication of President Lindemann's question because he didn't ask that question. He asked, uh, what's, what's the ideal church? And yeah. that would be like asking you, so Brian, what's your, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the ideal wife? Yeah, that's exactly anything right. Of, anything else other than Carrie, <laughs> repent. <laughs> that's it. Because the question is, the only reason you ask about the ideal wife is if you don't have one. <laughs> do you see what I mean? I mean, you know, the only time that that question matters, like, what do, I, what do I look for in a woman? The only time that matters is when you don't have a woman, when you're single. But as uh, soon yes. as you're married, I, I the question about... <laughs> oh, man. Who do you, I wonder if I should tell some of those stories? When who is who is that? The Gwyneth Paltrow that you were always talking about. What anyway, are you talking about? I forgot. I totally forgot. So the the question about uh, the ideal church is only safe if you in fact don't have pastors with churches, <laughs> or if you don't have a church, or Jesus doesn't have a bride. Otherwise, it's going to send you. Um, it's going to send you searching in, in the, the kind of the dangerous realm of discontent. Okay, let's keep going because there's actually real things to critique here, not just all right quibble question things. What does it look like to be a part of the best church? If you just think about the one that you're in. You may not be trying hard enough, because I have not found a perfect church yet. And I visited a lot of them. Now, there are some great ones, but I haven't found the perfect one yet. You know, everyone's thinking, I wonder if he's thinking about my church. But what I want you to think about and reflect on is that initial picture. What was that initial picture that came into your mind? Did you see a building? Did you see a particular event. Maybe people gathered for worship in a building. 
Did you see people involved with other, each other in other ways? I think the answer that we initially start with, with this question, says a lot about the way that we approach our ministry. This I have is a to be theological Rorschach you. test. This is what this is. This is interesting. That my first thought when I let myself think about this question was I was thinking about a worship situation. Yeah. Where uh-huh. people are all involved, they're all singing. Where's Wally? I'm going to make oh. a prediction. Can I can I make a prediction? Yeah. This is driving at a despising of the sacraments. Uh, well, oh, come on now. <laughs> a worship, uh, well, I don't know what a worship situation is. Well, that's true. We got a worship situation. <laughs> yeah, well, what, that, is a, that, wasn't that, there a wrestler named The Situation? I don't know, what but that, that that goes hand in hand with those emergency <laughs> situations that the deacons have. That's so right. Now you have, we have like the situation room at, at, the, at the district office. You have all the screens. Like, all right, we got an emergency situation. Send a deacon to such and such church right away. We're gonna have a worship he's situation gonna, all over the place here. He's gonna like uh, <clears throat> repel down from a helicopter. Heard you guys needed a deacon, like some sort of a uh, rescue diver for right. the Coast Guard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh boy, everybody's singing at the top of their voice. The people are enthralled with the message. That's not like snoozing. Yeah, it's just describing. That's the picture faith that I river. had, at least at first. At f- oh, but I but think it's incomplete. If we stop there and allow that to be oh. the dominant picture for us as we oh. think about ministry, then we're missing a very important aspect of oh. what the church is about. You could be right. As I've reflected upon this, and I, I think about. <clears throat> The last three years, I think about the lessons that I've learned. It's important to me to ask with you tonight and to think about two significant questions. These are okay. the One. Lutheran questions. Uh-oh. And we'll get to those right after this. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> but I, the Lu- they were the Lutheran questions. I know, and you'll like, hear those. Do Lutheran you despise questions. justification? <laughs> and do you come to the Lord's Supper? Those are the questions. Are those going to be the questions? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, we'll find out right after this break. Um, but, but look, I, I think um, the, the, the main point of, of our Lord's church is to give out his body and blood and to preach uh, sinners alive in the resurrection. And, uh, and I mean by that the preaching of the gospel. Uh, so uh, if, if we're going to start redefining church to be something other than that, I mean, the... the the business model be like, hey guys, come on, let's uh, let's just kind of get busy and get out there and, and bring people in and create relationships, build bridges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, let's forget about this whole worship stuff. That's been a big failure with the praise band ever since we brought it in the '80s. So we'll see uh, if that's where it goes. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Believe me, just watch. Oh damn. I make the dragon want to retire, man. The dinosaur? Yeah, that's what I meant. The dinosaur want to retire. Table Talk Radio. 
It's incredible how well our good looks translate to radio. <laughs> Is this going to be the song that the groom and the groomsman walk down the aisle in at your wedding? You know it. By the way, you know you're just DJing the reception, right? <laughs> I could do the. I could DJ the wedding service too. <laughs> no. Right. Uh, so you're back on Table Talk Radio. We're playing How Big of a Michelinist Are You? And when we left off, we were about to hear Lutheran questions from a district president. Let's listen in. What, we think about how do we do church? What it seems like we get hung up how on that a lot. I kind of trip myself. Do up a church? Bit. Most Is that of the, the question? time, when we get in trouble, we think about and we get turned inside out with one another. It's around this question of how do we do church? What should what should we do? What's the right thing? Contemporary or traditional? Traditional, obviously. Common get cup or individual cups? Who gets in a fight about that? Board of directors or church council, Carver method or whatever. You're just making stuff up. How do we do stuff question (laughs) that tends to get us turned inside out with one another. Did you hear how how the comparisons? So contemporary, traditional, individual cup, chalice. (laughs) That'd be like saying uh, men and women or two men, uh, (laughs) Ford or Chevy. You know, we fight about stupid stuff. Well, that's all you can. That's two entirely different questions. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It's like uh, abortion or pro-life, red or blue. <laughs> Why do we fight over these little distinctions? I don't. You can't. Oh my goodness! That's abusive. That's an abusive t- rhetorical tactic. All right, anyway, let's is that the first question? How do we do the, church, the, the, or is I, that the I, wrong I question? Think he's, I think he's offering the wrong question before he gets oh, okay. to okay. the right The Lutheran questions are still to come. I'm ready. Right. I'm ready. The question that I think bears an important response on our part is thinking about this question. How can we be the church? Oh, oh, oh. All right. you got to be church. I, he's way behind, though, because we've moved from <laughs> being church to... Uh, see, the problem with that being church is you're still thinking that the church is a noun. If we really want to get with the times... Now, look, uh, let me just take church you through it. The church, the church as a noun is so 1980s. that we, If you want to catch up to, like, normal Missouri Center, like 20 years behind, so like 1995, you got to think of the church as a verb. we got a church. Now, if you really want to be with the times, you got to have church as an adverb. We're churching up in here. This is churchy. You gonna church us? That's some churchy singing right there. That's some churchy preaching. That's some churchy radio show. But anyway, this is so. B church was man. Th- this is like your bump music today. Can you wh- old school? How can we be church? Can you explain to me how that question is better than the previous he criticized? How do we do church for? Ha- oh, I yeah. Of course, this is easy. One of the ways to say something, if you are not saying law and gospel, are you ready? This is, a, this is a very important strategy. This will explain the success of every Christian book that you've ever read outside the preachers of law and gospel. And that is you, you put one law against another law. <laughs> so you take one kind of legalism 
and then you can and you call it legalism, and then you contrast it with another nicer sounding legalism. <laughs> this is just the strategy, obviously. So you say, "Oh, church, they always used to say things like don't dance and play cards, but we we can't be so judgmental. We gotta love and tolerate people." <laughs> oh, so that's not. I like the also law. Lo- yeah, that's right. We need a more softer more peaceful law. And that's what happens in this question. How do you do church? Oh, man, that's kind of legalistic. That's all law, rules and stuff. It's all about me and my works and everything. But I don't want to talk about works. I want to talk about being. I want to talk about self. I want to talk about identity. How do we be church? See, so God hates the sin but loves the sinner, someone said. I haven't found that in the Bible. God, so so it's, well, we don't want to talk about the sin. We want to talk about the sinner. I, I read one time, oh, oh, I read this guy, what was his name, Chuck Swindoll, or, yeah, I think it was Chuck Swindoll, or one of those guys like that. They're all kind of the same. And he said, uh, God doesn't love you because of what you do or don't do. He loves you because of who you are. <laughs> what? Lord have what? mercy. So, so that, so that you, you switch from the, from the deeds to the to the identity, see? And that's what this does. Doing church talks about the works of the church, but being church is going to talk about, at least it's going to pretend like it's talking about the identity of the church. Now, I would like to predict, like you had a prediction, that in fact, you can't talk like this without, in about 30 seconds, it's going to actually talk about what the church does. Because legalism is legalism is legalism. I mean, law is law is law. You can't escape it. And being church and doing church is going to be just as much of a law question as the other. I mean, they're the same thing. All right, let's see if you're right. And when you think about what the ideal church is, rather than turning it into just stuff that we do, it's important for us to think together about how is God calling us to be the church where he's put us. How is God calling us to be the church in the community where we are located. <laughs> it's, do you see it, that this legalistic trick? I'll, I'll take your legalism minister- and insult it as legalism and then give you another legalism. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. That- Hopefully there's not a lot of district presidents listening because now this is going to be, oh, that strategy makes sense. All right, yeah. I'll take your legalism <laughs> and I'll replace it with a new legalism. Maybe I'll be I'll the write, next big I'll missionalist. Right, okay. Couple books about it. I've visited that have been a part of my life for the last few years that seem to be thriving and dynamic are focused on this question of being the church and how that they can communicate that to the people in their community, the people that are living around them. Wait, wait, so I've got a question. Is communicating to the people around you about how you are meditating on being the church something that the church does? <laughs> because that's what the church does. That's not about being church. All right, so I'm a little bit confused. Uh, it's not 100% clear in my mind, this difference between... This is kind of like the Aristotelian thing between essence and attributes. I was just thinking that because I was thinking about just, what, yesterday, the day before, the way that this world is going um, because uh, we, I, I was driving in the car and I was thinking, how do we get to the point in a society where we despise kids at best and murder them at worst? And... Uh, 
as a as an entire country affirm that uh, two gay people getting together doing their thing it, that's we're going to call that marriage. I mean, how does a country get that far? And everything's being passed under this. This is who I am. Am that's right. So so it's about doesn't matter being. what I do. Yeah 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 yeah. It's about <laughs> being. <laughs> I mean, this is nuts. <laughs> I mean, that, that's it why is. that's why a jaw dropped when you quoted that Chuck Swindoll thing. That God doesn't love you for what you do, but who you are. Oh Lord, have mercy! I am a sinner through and through. Uh, he can't possibly love me unless he sends his son to die for me. And then you think you would talk about that's the reason he loves me because yeah, he, his son has died for me. I think, by the way, I'm looking around my life. I think that's Max Lucado, by the way, not Chuck Swindoll. That's wow. hard to tell the difference with you. But anyway, for the sake of, since we are excellence in Christian journalism, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was Max Lucado. Well. <laughs> okay, so what the church, the being church does is communicating their being of the church to the community around them. And it results in thriving dynamism. Ooh. So, now this is the this dynamos, by the way. This dyna, that the dynamism of the church is not is something that we ought to be ashamed of because the church is not set in the world to be dynamic. It's set in the world to have authority. It's it's the the difference of the Greek is between exousia and dunamis, the power and authority, and the church is distinctly without dynamism. It is it is present in the world with authority. But no matter, that's the difference. One of the differences between a movement and an institution. Right. That's one of the marks of a missionalist, by the way. Right. I like to point out that we are six minutes into President Lenneman's report <laughs> what? and thirty-six minutes into the program. But we'll we'll get a little bit more here. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. It's it. a challenge for us to think about exactly how we're going to move from just <laughs> doing church to being church. And I want to suggest to you that it's really a question of leadership. Oh, lead. oh, that's good. Okay. That's good. really where we're centering in our ministry as a district staff is a question of leadership and spiritual leadership and how we can go about being effective spiritual leaders in our communities. That's where It's not about what leaders do, it's for... about being leaders. <laughs> All right. We have about 45, about a minute before our break. Uh, do you want to talk about the insistence on leadership? Oh, man, it's an addiction. This this talk of leadership is an addiction because, again, the leader comes with to, to use this distinction between power and authority. The leader is the one that comes with power, not with authority. So when you're talking about things that are instituted, things that are set in place by God, like, for example, his church, he doesn't put leaders in the church. He puts pastors. He puts ministers in the church. Uh, uh, the only time you need a leader is if you're going somewhere. But especially if you're set, if you're saying, hey, how do we be church? If we're talking about our identity as God's baptized and chosen people, then you don't go anywhere. You rejoice in the place that the Lord has put you, and you don't need then a leader. You need a minister to sit there and give you the Lord's gifts. I mean, this is a completely different way of looking and thinking about what, in fact, Jesus' church is. All right. I, I'm going to lead us out into this uh, commercial break <laughs> with all my power and might. And uh, we'll be back. That's a dynamic, that's a dynamic <laughs> bump song. Oh, yeah. We'll be right back. We're David Talk Radio.
no heretics were harmed in the making of this show. Well, physically harmed. That's better. I would like to point out. <laughs> oh, this this will be the opening hymn for your rehearsal. And the bass keeps running, running, and running, running. Let me write that down. Okay, opening hymn so for your rehearsal. that you will not be at the Let's wedding. You'll be get it. Uh, look, the opening hymn. Uh, the opening hymn for your rehearsal will be "Let's Get It Started." I'm writing it. Hold on, I'm writing it down. So let's get it started. Now, the hymn of the day for your rehearsal, I think, is going to be this song that I like called "Dance with Me" by the Sweet Remains. Have you heard that? That's nice. Um, it's the standard hymn of the day for rehearsal dinners. Now, I've got something to say about what we're talking about, which is the question. How does the churchy church church the churching church here, which is obviously the Lutheran question, and that is to point out that no Lutheran ever in the world was obsessed with the church as the central article upon which the church stands or falls. But this is the mark of modern theology. All theology is ecclesiology could be the banner of the last 150 years of Christians. Because for some reason, every theology is simply asking questions about what the church is. So this, so, so we don't want to talk about doing church, we want to talk about being church. And this is now the, the insight brought to the... What about, hey, uh, what about Jesus and his doing things, you know? And it just so happens that the way you get the church is when Jesus talks and forgives sins. So that the church is much less about the church and much more about uh, Jesus and his forgiving uh, in the world. You, you, do you see what I'm saying? No, now, no, th- there's so a, we could have a tagline, no leaders necessary. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I like it. Don't interrupt me. Uh, you're, follow my lead on this. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Hymn of the day. I'm going to write this down. Dance with me. Okay, back to the question. How does the churchy church churching up when we church the churching church? Got it. Okay, you ready for more? Oh, man, am I ready. I'm dying for more. We could do this all day. Our conference has come from. Our convention has come from. You've seen this piece of paper before. It's in your packets for today. That makes good it's radio when he hands the up the district board flyer. of directors ends policies. <laughs> and my task tonight is to help with the very top paragraph. That's what we're going to be looking at. And you'll be able to read it and in just a minute. And that one's fascinating. But that <laughs> paragraph is sort of our either. overarching <laughs> model or paradigm. For model and paradigm, two biblical be, words. Uh, okay, hold on. Then. In ministry, in the Northwest District. In what ministry. does it mean to be a leader? Now, in our, t- in our time, and within we the church, being church, this question Is that of the leader- second question? Remember, okay, so the first mean? question is, I think, is what does it mean to be church? And then how do you get from where oh, yeah. you are to where you want to be? And the answer That's is right. leadership. Leadership. Okay. Oh, the Messiah of leadership. You got it? The salvation of leadership. Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, man, I'm ready to be led. sometimes come under attack. What? There are people who believe that talking about um, ministry in terms of being a leader isn't an appropriate thing to do. Now, who, who would else that is be? saying that? <laughs> 
I want to meet these guys. These are my favorite people. Unless it's us. So <laughs> is that nice we got to plug for Tabletop Radio during the Northwest District Convention? I think that's wonderful. You need to pull that audio out. <laughs> Some people think you're listening to Tabletop Radio. <laughs> Okay, Endorsed by district presidents, <laughs> world round. All right, let's let's hear what his response to such critics are. Yeah, and so I want to try tonight to give us a place to begin thinking about leadership, where we can all start at the same place. Okay, this may be a little difficult to read, but I want to contrast what it, the difference between being a boss and being a leader. <laughs> I usually don't take a whole... This, this in, in logic, is what we call a false dichotomy. <laughs> what about the difference between a pastor and a leader? Yeah. That's the list that I'd like to see, <laughs> by the way. Anyway, boss versus leader. Yeah. So we, I just, Facebook, <laughs> but I have to be honest. I found this on Facebook. <laughs> okay, look. We're having, There's just some great irony we're, there. We're, we're, having, we're having a time of confession here. The, the district president is confessing that he uses Facebook. He is a, was As, it, doesn't he chastise everyone for being on Facebook all the time? Well, only it, with, wasn't that the reason that you were going to be on Facebook? Because <laughs> you hate it, but because the district president said you shouldn't, you were going to go on there and get an account? Clubroomriver.org well, or whatever? Let's see. <laughs> let's see what it is. And um, it really speaks to me about the difference between being a boss and a leader. And you see contrasting points moving right, from left that? to right. A Get boss it, drives people. Drives. A leader Compulsion. coaches people. Coaches, oh yeah. A Biblical. boss depends on authority. Uh, what? A leader depends on influence. We'll have more oh. to say about that as we go oh. along. Yeah. All right, let's, let's let him finish, and then I think we'll probably finish the rest of the show talking about this distinction. All right. A ready? boss... Ready? inspires fear fear a leader generates enthusiasm oh. that's a good, good theological word enthusiasm because i watched the report that i shared with you three years ago this week just to kind of get ready for this whole thing once again when you only do something once every three years it takes a little while to get it back into your blood and so i watched what happened three years ago this last week one thing I said to you three years ago, if you were here, was that what seems to be dominating our culture today is fear. And I believe that that's as true today as it was then, and maybe even more so. And not just within the church. Not just asking questions like, what's going to happen to us? Are we going to be here? What's happening to my church? And trying to inspire um, activity by promoting fear. We're also seeing it outside of the church world too. And all kinds of people reacting to things. People react because of fear. And That's true, by the way. Is to be thoughtful <laughs> about what God's given us to do. To be thoughtfully, uh, reflective, oh, wait, but, but and You mean between what God has given us to be? Rather than to be afraid to do? and emotionally <laughs> react. Okay, here's the rest. I would suggest that, and from our chart here, we see that a boss says I a lot, whereas a leader says we 
A boss places blame for breakdowns, whereas a leader fixes the breakdowns. A boss knows how it's done. A leader shows how it's done. A boss uses people. A leader develops people. A boss takes credit. A leader gives credit. A boss commands. A leader asks. A boss says go. A leader says, and I really like this one, let's go. Okay, so that's going to probably be all the time we have for President Lindemann. <laughs> so let's, contra- let's add a third column, pastor, shall okay. we? Okay. Okay. The boss drives, the leader coaches, the pastor preaches. The boss operates with authority, the leader operates with influence, the pastor operates with God's word. The boss inspires fear, the leader inspires enthusiasm, the pastor gives faith, a good conscience. The boss says I, the leader says we, the pastor says Christ. The boss blames, the leader fixes, the pastor encourages. The boss uh, says he knows how to do it. The leader shows how to do it. The pastor puts Christ in front of the people who is the the one who actually knows. Who says it's done. The boss uses people. The leader develops people. The pastor forgives people, for heaven's sakes. The boss takes credit. The leader gives credit. The pastor gives all credit to and glory to God. <laughs> the boss commands. The leader asks. The pastor absolves. The boss says go. The leader says let's go. The pastor says it is finished. <laughs> and that's the contrast here. I mean, are we talking about? Are we talking about this? Is so. Fit- fantastically, completely secular. I mean, this distinction between boss and leader is as if Jesus never died and rose and ascended into heaven. As if, as if the blood of Jesus was never instituted to be fed to his people. As if none of these things even existed. I mean, this, if there is any wisdom in this, this boss versus leader, it is not the foolishness of the cross. It has nothing to do with Jesus at all, at all. Okay, so um, we're just running low on time, but in fact, just thirty seconds. Why, <laughs> why, if you're going to be a, if you're going to missionify or be missionarific, why is it important to talk about influence, enthusiasm, enthusiasm, saying we fixes things, shows this kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Because it's remember, you're replacing one legalism with another. The the legalism of the boss, bad legalism, with the leader legalism of the leader, good legalism. But look, <laughs> the opposite of enthusiasm is not the opposite of fear is not enthusiasm. The opposite of fear is faith, and faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God, and that's why Jesus sends out preachers, not leaders. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like all the credit you get from your district president for being a radio show. Thanks for listening to this edition of (laughs) Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, heartburn, and loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.